on today's episode. We're talking about home videos, we're talking about Karens, and we're talking about how the Bible is supposed to be read. So grab your coffee, grab your Bibles, and let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Pour Over Scripture podcast. My name is John, and today I am sipping a home-roasted Brazilian blend from my good friend Garen. Uh, Garen serves at our church and roasts his own beans at home. He found out through the grapevine that I love coffee, and then he showed up last Sunday with a bag full of home-roasted beans just for me. Garen is the man, and his coffee, listen, it's delicious. Today's reading comes from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 8 through 11. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. How are we meant to read a book like the Bible? And I don't mean in what order should we read it, or how often should we read it, or for how long. We can talk about those things at some point. But I'm talking about what kind of mindset should we be in while we read? What kind of heart posture should we have when approaching a sacred religious text? A little story for you. My wife loves home videos. At least two to three times a year, we sit down in the basement with her family and we watch these old DVDs of her and her siblings and her cousins growing up through the years, through these snapshots of family Christmases and dance recitals. And you know what I don't do when we watch those home videos? I don't sit there and critique her dad's cinematography. I don't wonder if Aaron's six-year-old self deserves a Best Actress nomination, although, believe me, she gives quite the performance in several of them. If you know Aaron, you know what I'm talking about. I don't sit there and watch these home videos and think, does the story flow? Does it make sense? Is the theme of this movie culturally relevant? When I'm watching home videos, I am in a certain mindset. When I watch home videos, I am in a nostalgia mindset. Whereas when I watch a Marvel movie, I'm in an entertainment mindset. When I watch a documentary, my heart is postured in a certain way as a viewer. When I watch a documentary, my heart is postured in an educational way. I'm looking to learn something. Whereas when I watch 1917 or Parasite or any movie that has been nominated for a Best Picture Oscar, my heart is postured a little bit more like a film critic. You see, not all movies should be watched in the same way. This is something we sort of know intuitively. 
If I watch home videos with a film critic mindset, then I am going to get kicked out of the basement. I am going to sound like a jerk. And I'm also going to miss out on the joy and the nostalgia. I'm going to miss out on everything that a home video is meant to do to me as a viewer because I'm watching it through the wrong lens. Not all movies should be watched in the same way. And And I make this point to say that not all books or texts should be read in the same way. And so I ask again, how are we meant to read a book like the Bible? What should our mindset or our heart posture be when we open up the scriptures? Really what I want to talk about today is what type of person is the ideal reader of the Bible? And for this, I want to introduce you to some language that I found from an author and scholar named Scott McKnight. Scott McKnight wrote a book called The Blue Parakeet, and in it, he introduces this idea, this problem of reading the Bible through tradition. So, a bit of a statement here. All of us, all of us listening, especially those of us who are listening in the Western world and in the United States, all of us, when we approach the Bible... We come to it, we open it up with some sort of preconceived notions or categories. Maybe these were given to you uh, by the church tradition you grew up in. That's where a lot of us inherit our preconceived notions about the Bible. Maybe you grew up in a church tradition that really highlighted the New Testament. And so when you go to the Bible, you gravitate towards the New Testament. Or you grew up in a church that really focused on and preached a literal interpretation of Scripture, that every single word literally happened, every single story literally occurred. Or maybe you grew up in a church whose teaching really focused on a certain specific doctrine or belief. These things, they shape and form, they give us preconceived notions when maybe as an adult or as we grow older, we come back to the Bible, we open it up, and those are the categories that exist in our head. But church is not necessarily the only place we receive preconceived notions about the Bible. Uh, Maybe for you, you formed your categories through the example that you saw being set by church people. Maybe you yourself are not a church person, but you observe the ways that Christians around you or Christians in media or in the world, you observe the ways that they apply the Bible to their lives. You observe how they live or how they talk or how they treat people based on their reading of this book, and that begins to create categories of what the Bible is and what it's meant to do. Or maybe your categories for the Bible have been shaped by the general cultural conversation around it, that the Bible is a Christian rule book, that the Bible is inherently sexist or homophobic, and therefore it is extremely antiquated and out of touch, and even, as we talked about last week, a harmful book. And so we come to the Bible with these preconceived notions, regardless of who you are, it is really hard to grow up in our world and not come with some type of preconception, some sort of tradition some sort of traditional understanding of the Bible, whether it be religious or not. And what many of us tend to do, this is McKnight's point, is that we read the Bible through the lens 
of our pre-existing tradition. We come to the Bible with our categories, and then we read it, and we sort, or we cram, or we even force everything we read into our pre-established traditions. We have three categories to put things in, and every verse we read has to neatly fit into A, B, or C. And anything we read that doesn't fit, we either ignore it altogether and kind of throw it out and don't really read those books because it doesn't really make sense, doesn't really align with our preconceived notions, or we twist it in order to make it fit with our preconceptions. And really, what we're doing, therefore, is we are only open to an interpretation and an application of Scripture that fits with our tradition, whether it be cultural or whether it be religious. And by the way, I do want to say, this is very natural. This is an extremely human way to engage in this book, because it feels good to read the Bible in this way. I have often read the Bible in this way. I still do at times. Because what this type of you know, reading does, reading through tradition, it feels very safe. Because we can neatly align everything we read in the Bible with how we already see the world. But what ends up happening when we read the Bible in this way is that instead of the Bible challenging us, our reading of Scripture, all it does is it further entrenches us in our already established worldview. This kind of reading of the Bible, reading the Bible through tradition, it has been at the heart of many of the hurtful uses of Scripture throughout history that we talked about last week. When Christians have treasured their human tradition over the heart of what the text is actually saying. Reading the Bible through tradition, it's essentially like saying, I believe all films are first and foremost meant to educate, and therefore I will watch and judge every film through an educational lens. So you can have no appreciation then of a Marvel Cinematic Universe film or of a home video because you're expecting it to educate you, and when it doesn't work, you might throw it out. Or you misuse it and you misread it, and you miswatch it. Now, little side note, I do want to be clear. I am not here saying that all tradition is bad. Again, we talked last week about how much of the tradition of biblical interpretation throughout history, it has done some incredibly helpful and life-giving things in the world. There is no denying that. And so, being aware of the helpful traditions and interpretations of the past— That can guide us in how we can more helpfully apply Scripture in our day. McKnight would call this reading with tradition rather than through. But my main point, and all of this to say, we read the Bible poorly when we lift our tradition over the text. Or more importantly, when we lift our tradition over the God who inspired the text. When we put our preconceptions or our biases in the driver's seat, this leads to a closed-mindedness. It leads to a judgmental and a Pharisee-type heart where we start to speak for God rather than inviting God to speak to us 
on his own terms. It's sort of like when we meet people nowadays, and before you meet someone or before you interview them, you have already gone through all of their social and everything they've ever done or said or posted online, and you have this preconceived notion of who they are. And most of the time, if you don't walk into that initial meeting with a more open mind, you will just filter everything that person says into your preconceived categories of who they are based on what they post, based on what you have previously heard or seen. That's not a way to honor another human being. That's not how we love our neighbor as ourselves, to use biblical language. But this is exactly what many of us do with the Bible. We come to it with our preconceived notions and our assumptions about what it says and what it is, and rather than allowing it to speak for itself, rather than actually listening to what it has to say, we force it into our preconceived religious or preconceived cultural categories. That is not how we love these ancient authors as we would love ourselves. That's not how we love God and his spirit like we would love ourselves. This is actually the opposite of what the ideal reader of the Bible does. Rather than allowing her own, relying on her own cleverness and categories, what the ideal reader of the Bible does is she humbly approaches this giant ancient book with an open mind. She invites God's spirit to reveal to her a wisdom and a truth that goes far beyond any human words or tradition. This is a sacred ancient religious text. It is talking about things so much bigger than human language can even truly convey. And I know that's a big point, and we'll get to that in future episodes. But the whole reason for this episode is actually to make an ask of all of you as you continue to listen through this podcast. I want to ask that as you listen, that we would all enter into an agreement together and that we would listen in the mindset and the heart posture of the ideal reader. Because we're going to be discussing some things about the Bible on this podcast that may upset or may shake up or even break up some of your current categories and assumptions about it. And when I say we, I mean me too. But my hope is that all of us can agree to listen and to engage in these conversations with humility and with open minds and hearts before this text that has been around much longer than any of us and will be around much longer after us. And so my hope and my prayer as we continue on this journey is that we would not give in to this temptation, and I know the temptation because it exists in me, the temptation to try and tame the Bible, to try and tame it and sort it into our human categories, because that does feel nice. But I want to encourage us to, to resist that temptation and to instead learn to embrace the Bible for the wild, ancient, ambiguous, diverse, confusing text that it is. (music) 
Thank you all for listening to the Pour Over Scripture podcast. If you haven't yet, I hope you'll subscribe and leave a review. Please, that really helps more people find this show. People like Karen, who said in her review, she said, so excited for this new podcast. I've been inspired by and loved your work in the past, and I can't wait to hear more. Thank you, John, for all you give to the world. Thank you, Karen. That is very kind. You are one of the good Karens. I know it. Uh, If you want to hear your words read here on the podcast, then just leave a short review and maybe give it a rating while you're at it. Again, thank you all for listening. I hope you have a great week. I will see you next time right here on the Pour Over Scripture podcast. Cheers, everybody.